Welcome to the Organizepreneur Podcast, the ultimate podcast for female entrepreneurs looking to supercharge their business. I'm Eldrima Harper, host of the Organizepreneur Podcast. I'm also a business organizing strategist and coach where I specialize in helping solopreneurs, freelance professionals, and service-based providers. This is to ignite, build, and transform your business dreams into reality. If you're feeling overwhelmed, struggling to manage clients and tasks, and worried about things slipping through the cracks, you're in the right place. With my signature framework, not only are you able to get your time back and get on track, but also turn your passion and hard work into a sustainable and profitable venture. In fact, my most recent client launched a six-figure business in less than a year. And that's because I bring clarity, focus, and a proven roadmap to help you unlock your true potential. And this starts with the three pillars of efficiency. Number one, Organize your mental, physical, and digital space for success. Number two, optimize your time for clarity and effectiveness. And then number three, systemize your operations for sustainability. With those three pillars, you can now monetize and turn your passion and hard work into a sustainable and profitable venture. All right, everyone, welcome to the Organizepreneur Podcast. This is the ultimate podcast for female entrepreneurs looking to supercharge their life and their business. I'm your host, Eldrima Harper. I'm also a business organizing strategist and coach, and I am super excited about today because I get to talk to my friend, Maz, who is joining me all the way from the UK And so I am very, very excited about this because she traveled virtually (laughs) from afar. (laughs) So I'm super excited about uh, talking to Maz today um, and because she is a well-being coach and speaker. And so I've known Maz, well, we met virtually. And so, because she's been attending our uh, networking events. So I feel like I really, you know, her very well. Like if I saw her on the street, I'd be like, hey, Maz. (laughs) (laughs) And so, uh, but I'm very excited. Thank you so much for joining me today, Maz. Welcome to the show. How are you today? Oh, I'm fine. I am. Do you know what? I'm. I really appreciate uh, this opportunity, and I. I am still in awe. I think it's amazing that we can do this. Who would have known a few years ago that that I'm I'm here in London connecting with you, um, you know, across the pond. Um, so yeah, it's it's the power of technology, and yeah, it's amazing. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, I appreciate you, uh, you know, taking time out of your day and and preparing, as we've already talked about our prepare, preparation process <laughs> for the show. So, so Maz, for the sake of the listeners who may not know you, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself and just share a little bit about what you do. Okay, so um, I, I essentially wear many hats, but in terms of business, I am a mental well-being coach. Um, so that's my business. Um, I also have 
I'm a qualified adult social worker. So that's where that came from. And um, I provide services mainly via one-to-one coaching and also um, sometimes group coaching for professional women primarily, although I have many different clients, but professional women who are typically in a caregiving capacity. So they may be nurses. Sometimes they they may even be stay-at-home moms or um, more recently, I've had some ministers, ministers of religion. Um, so if you're giving care in any capacity, that is what I help them to, to maintain their well-being and get the self-care that they need. Um, so some other just more personal things that, you know, I, as you said, I'm based in the UK. I tend to work virtually and uh, the pandemic was, was good for that because that's when the business was birthed. And uh, I'm also a mother, a mother to a, a teenage girl who's driving me crazy at the moment. And um, I wear many other hats. I'm also a comedian. I do lots of other things um, that help me to create the holistic lifestyle that I desire. I love it. Thank you so much. Uh, you, you know, Moss, I don't think I knew that you were a mother. I don't think we've ever talked about that on the, on the at the networking event. Yeah, I think maybe we tend to, well, I <laughs> tend to compartmentalize. So yeah, when we're in the business network, it just that's never, true. never seems to come up, you know, yeah. uh, maybe that's my escape. I'm yeah. trying to forget her. <laughs> to be, you, you know how those teenage girls, I'll dream, they, they'd be causing stress and, and things. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. So, so yeah. Well, awesome. Yeah. I, I didn't know that when you said that, I was like, I don't, I don't think we've ever talked about that as many times as we, you know, just kind of hung out even after, you know, the networking event, but awesome. So teenage, teenager, huh? Mm. I bet that's a, a, a nice challenge. <laughs> it, it's a challenge for my own mental well-being. Yes, it is. <laughs> yes, indeed. Oh, my goodness. So you've already described primarily, you know, the uh, type of clients that you work with. So, I mean, and I know I've actually been a caregiver. I'm not a caregiver uh, now, but I know a lot of caregivers. Um, what are some of the things that you see that they, that they struggle with? Yeah, um, oh, there's so many, but it, it, it tends to be, and a lot of my clients, I, I forgot to say, they're Christian yes. women. Mm-hmm. And, and so there are certain nuances with, with but generally, what I see is, um, yeah, a lack of um, boundaries is the primary thing. Uh, hence, um, that can lead to, to burnout. Mm-hmm. I see, well, in the, before, before I see that, initially, you know, when, as a, you do consultancy and coaching, Aldrima, so you know mm-hmm. when someone comes to you with the problem, the problem is not often what the problem is. It's a symptom of a of a deeper thing so mm-hmm. so usually you spend a, the first few sessions and they're they're going round I'm like no really what is it mm-hmm. <laughs> so the root that I can see especially for us women of faith mm-hmm. women of minority backgrounds is mm-hmm. this avoidance and denial mm-hmm. sometimes mm-hmm. so yeah it's it's prevalent and I'm like what why do we do this why do we punish ourselves it's like a, a form of self-flagellation it's like um, we, it's almost as if we think we have to suffer because that is the is the path. So we we are self sacrificing naturally as yes. women. So of course, you know, whether you're a mother or not, um, we, we we put people before us. We whether we have people 
round to our homes. We're cooking, we're, we're do, running around. And, and that has its place. But um, often what happens with the women I see, it comes at the expense of their own, um, and I say mental health primarily, physical health as well and financial, that can affect it. But it starts in the mind. And um, yeah, it's just, it's really it's not um, a good thing to see. So in terms of our mental health, just to clarify the context, mm -hmm. we, um, I'm not talking about mental illness. So people, when I say that, people say, well, I'm not mentally ill. No, what I'm saying is that we all have mental health, just like you have physical health. Sometimes mm -hmm. you may catch, the, you might have flu, Aldrima. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean you're defective just because you're, you're having an off day or, or whatever. You, right. you need time. To, to restore your health. So similarly with our minds, which is mm -hmm. the one we neglect, especially as Christian women, by the way, Christian yeah. women are notorious uh, for this um, in terms of denying, because we, we spiritualize everything. We say, we just pray it away. I just pray. I was like, that's good. But if you had a broken leg or you, you have diabetes, are you just going to pray and, and not take your medication? You're not going to go and see the doctor. Mm -hmm. So we need to learn to take appropriate action just like we do with our cars you don't mm. let the car run out of gas or oil or whatever so yeah mm -hmm. yeah i mean you describe so many uh things that you know i've seen and even you know as i said um i have i had been a caregiver um i was a caregiver at a very early age um, my parents who, uh, raised me like about in junior high, I was, I, I began being a caregiver. And so I didn't really know how, you know, how to work boundaries, you know, work that out. I didn't know what was safe boundaries. You know, I didn't even understand, you know, any of that. In fact, I probably, I'm just learning maybe in the past five or six years, how to have healthy boundaries. And, uh, but you're so right about, you know, sacrificing so much of your life and a lot of times being made uh, to feel guilty if you don't. Yes. You know, I mean, and it's like, um, and, and, and I don't know. And, and here recently, like my niece is uh, a care. Well, she, just recently, well, she's not a caregiver anymore because my sister passed away, which is, you know, her mother uh, back about two, two, three months ago. And, but she had been a caregiver since she was like 19. And she took care of, she was a caregiver for her mother, her grandmother, her great-grandmother, and I mean, it was like when she and I talked about it, it was like four people she had been a caregiver for. Mm -hmm. And so uh, she's just finding herself. You know, she's got, you know, children and, and things like that, but she's just kind of finding herself. And it's a huge adjustment in terms of particularly if you have done it for a long time and your identity is wrapped up in doing that. Do you find that to be a lot of the case? Yes, yes, yes. so, so much, even for myself. And that's why I recognize it. Um, and, and if that's all you've ever known and that's what's expected and that's what you do, we yeah. carry on certain traditions. My, my family are from, uh, we're from the Caribbean. I, I have Jamaican parents and that, that is, um, 
sometimes, and I know you talked previously on other podcasts about legacies and things, and some of the legacies that are left for us are not healthy ones. So it's, uh, again, tied up in this notion of, well, we had to suffer, therefore you suffer, and it's just what we do. And I'm not saying you shouldn't, of course you should look after your loved ones. Yes, that's, you know, that's what we do. Um, But there's something about um, martyrdom. (laughs) It's almost like, because if you're going to do it, you you know, have you noticed whenever we do something against our will and, and it might be the right thing to do, but you can get resentful because it's, it's wearing on you. You're, you're, you're yeah. tired. You, 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 you want to do other things. So, yeah. um, and that's what happens. You, you maybe you can't delegate. Yeah. Um, so, so that's what I, I do see that as I say, uh, it's a prevalence. I don't know about other communities, but what I can tell you in terms of our, um, those of us from the African diaspora yes. is that we, this is something that, and, and I've tried to pray about this and wonder what is it about us that keeps us with this, these ingrained um, shackles. Because yes, <laughs> yes. sometimes it'd be like a, a modern day slavery that we, that we just perpetuate. And, um, and, and, and some of it does come from old colonial legacies. But I, I think that we, we're, you know, we are hardworking, we do all of that. And, and it's almost as if we, we do not have, okay, I'll tell you what my, some of my clients have said to me initially, because you know, not everybody knows what coaching is. Yeah. And they say, you're my therapist. I'm like, no, that's not what I do. And I explain to them and they're like, well, anyway, that is for only certain people. That's for wealthy white people, they'll say, mm-hmm. or I'm like, well, do you, everybody needs help? Are you, are you going to just suffer because you think that's for a certain type of people? And then there's the notion of the strong black woman because they feel that they have to be strong. Yes. And being strong, I'd like to, their definition is different from mine, but because um, being strong for me involves seeking the help. <laughs> I've, I've got no shame, so it really right. helps me. I've got no shame, no pride, so <laughs> I'll, I'll go and beg anybody anything that I need because yes. I'm not going to starve or die because right. <laughs> because I'm too embarrassed to know. Mm-hmm. And and also a similar parallel, Aldrima, that I've noticed in the Christian community. So, for example, if you ask for help, it's seen, and, and this is why I was even surprised when the, the the pastor came to me. I was like, I need you, I need deliverance. But I get what she was saying. And it's it's this notion of if I dare to step out and ask or anything, people will see me as weak or I don't have enough faith and it mm-hmm. and it looks embarrassing. Mm-hmm. So that's that's what I'm seeing a lot of. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, even, you know, like I was saying, even in my own family, um, and again, you know, growing up being um, a caregiver, up until uh, like my 30s, I think, yeah, it was like about in my 30s, and my identity being wrapped up in, you know, doing that, and I was, honestly, I was lost, you know, after I was no longer in that, you know, uh, in that capacity, you know, but you are so right. Uh, And then (laughs) it's funny, you said that about, you know, people of faith, love my people of faith, but oh my gosh, we we got a lot of, uh, we got a long way to go. 
And I have heard, you know, people, well, you know, you need to be, you know, that was your, that was your mother or that was your, you know, that person raised you and this, you know, that and, and going on and on. And then you start to feel guilty if you start, if you try to seek refuge, if you like, you want, like, I need a break, you know, uh, this, the responsibility of caring for someone, it's huge. And, and it, it, it is almost viewed as, as though you don't love the person. If you, right. if you seek refuge, kind of speak to yeah. that a little bit. Did you, you know, did you want to say something about that? I mean, have you seen that as well? I've seen it. And that's why people, that's why people come, come to me. I also, um, work for an organization and do separate Christian coaching that's mm -hmm. aside from my own but people come on there anonymously and I always say have you spoken to your pastor about this they're like no I couldn't possibly because people this is the thing about shame it literally yes. can hinder hinder every aspect of your life and um, if we are creating and that's part of the reason I come to to, to your group we need those safe supportive environments because mm -hmm. We're doing, especially doing this business journey, where, mm -hmm. where, you know, we can feel alone, we can feel isolated. There are certain expectations and standards that that we are expected to to fulfill. But mm -hmm. in terms of the, and it's even worse in the church, in or mm -hmm. for other people of faith, especially because um, there's these unwritten rules, these these implicit kind of suggestions that you. You need to, they're giving you advice that actually they wouldn't follow, by the way. And it's not biblical, secondly. And um, it, it kills people. It can literally kill people, Aldrima. And mm -hmm. it's not an exaggeration to say that. So I'm talking about people, you know, who have been, you know, that's your husband, but husband's beating up on you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he almost killed mm -hmm. you the other day. Why are you mm -hmm. telling people to stay with what? And, and mm -hmm. they never kind of speak to the man. They're just saying, you as the woman, you've got to submit. You've got to be... You know, or in the case of, like you said, your mother, people have to realize that not everybody's mother or father are, are good individuals. And mm -hmm. I know it says honor your mother or father, but some people have toxic and, and some people's families are so self-destructive that that's their mission to destroy you. So we have to acknowledge when we're in the midst of narcissists or addicts or other people who are going to steal our energy and put us in a position where we cannot operate in our business, in our lives, and we can't look after our kids because we are wrapped up. Um, so it, it's dangerous. It, it's not just a nice thing to do. And I had to learn this because I, I, um, I guess what, that's probably why I'm the black sheep of the family. But I, I had to, to learn to be uncomfortable with their, you know, kind of, whispers and oh gosh she's not she's doing this and all the accusations that come with it because mm -hmm. my whole business is founded upon the, the scripture and and, mm -hmm. and it's about um where is it in john three the three john one two mm -hmm. um about um pray, when he's praying that um that we should have health that we may mm -hmm. prosper and enjoy good health yeah. as your soul prospers yes that's yes. that, that's the plan yeah <laughs> yes. if we don't we know that our health is our wealth and if we don't have it we are effectively, we shouldn't ask people to be martyrs in, in that right. sense. We, we, we shouldn't um, because it's not productive. Right. <laughs> it's not helpful. Yeah. yeah. So let's not be martyrs. Please. Yeah, <laughs> let's not be martyrs. Yes, exactly. I mean, you, oh my gosh, you have hit on so, so many 
uh, so many things. And as I think about, you know, people that I know um, that, you know, that's gone through that uh, and that, you know, maybe going through it currently, if they're listening to this podcast, I pray that they really, you know, heed to what you're saying, because it's, it's so, like you said, it's so ingrained in us, you know, as women, as black women, as faith, uh, you know, uh, women of faith, you know, so many things are ingrained in us. And when we try to, um, you know, and I heard what you just said, you know, uh, kind of overlook the, the whispers, you know, um, and even sometimes it's not even you know, the people that's whispering, it's the whispers that you hear that you think right. that they're saying, <laughs> Yeah, true. you know, true. and so because you know, you already know how they're, how they think about that. And so it's like, they're, you know, I know that that's probably what they're saying because that's, you know, what their attitude is, you know, already, you know, so it's, and it's really hard to uh, process all of that. You know, it just really brings on another level of stress if you really think about it, you know, because um, I, like, I remember, so, you know, when I was just sharing with you, I, I was uh, a caregiver to my adoptive parents. And then, uh, but my biological mother, whom she did not raise me, but uh, she was, she recently passed. I was telling you about my niece, that that's who my niece was taking care of. So one of the, one of the struggles that I was having was that, because I, I always felt like, you know, people were saying, you know, well, my gosh, why, that's your mother. Why, why aren't you doing this? Why is it that your niece is doing this? Well, for one, she raised my niece and my niece had the capacity to do it, right? Mm -hmm. And so, yeah. um, you know, she comes from a nursing background. She's, you know, it, it, there's a lot of, um, of uh, giftings in her that over the years, you know, she's, uh, you know, developed and, you know, she had the capacity to do it. And then the other thing was that, you know, like you were uh, uh, saying, some of the toxic, you know, relationships uh, was that, you know, in my in my mother's case, she had experienced a lot of abuse. So she was passing that on. Right. And so in our relationship, I didn't know we were going to go here. I, I guess that's why you are the coach and the <laughs> it's like, OK, I feel comfortable talking to you about this. But you know, a lot of that, when those things are passed on and we had to actually deal with that, which, which, uh, we had not ever dealt with it before my mother and I's relationship, we hadn't dealt with that before. So, uh, during the time as her health began to decline and she needed, you know, more, um, uh, uh, care and things like that. And so, you know, we had a conversation, you know, I was like, you know, I love you, but I'm not going to let you talk to me that way. You know, this is, you know, this is not, this is not how I want us to engage. Right. You know, we can, we can do better than this. And so from that point on, you know, it got better. Uh, now she still talked to my other siblings the way, but that was because they didn't address it, but I did. 
because my my uh, adoptive parents who raised me, I wasn't used to that. They didn't talk that way, you know, to me. It was a very loving and caring. And it's not that my mother didn't care, but she there were a, there was a lot of things that she did not know, and I think it's the responsibility of the person who's the receiver of those toxic kind of habits to say, okay, you know, I get that, you know, this is how you handled, you know, whatever it is, you know, you've talked to whoever it is, you know, you've, this is how you've been doing life. Right. But from this point on, if we're to have a healthy relationship, you know, we're going to have to establish some boundaries. We're going to have to have a come to Jesus conversation and it doesn't have to be ugly either. You know, and so we did and we were able to, you know, come to an agreement in terms of how we, we were going to engage with each other. Because the thing that I learned was that, you know, just because a person didn't know how to do better or they were in a certain environment does not give them permission to do that to me. Right. Exactly. And that's what I had to come to. And when I was freed up you know, uh, to when I was able to express that, you know, to her, you know, because I know she loved me. That wasn't the issue. But the, the her hurt was being, you know, poured out on me, you know, and I was like, no, we're, we're not going to we're not going to do it this way, you know. And so, yeah, so it was. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can so identify with so many things that you're saying. Did you have anything to 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 add to that have you you know experienced you know some of those things too oh yeah and and that's exactly um i, I mean i only talk about what i know about and and i've experienced it firsthand and mm. be, before i even uh, was a coach so you know i trained um 16 years ago now as a social worker so i always knew i wanted to work in mental health mm. services um and I quite like it because I was always fascinated. And I say, I remember even my mother was a, a nurse, psychiatric nurse. And in those mm. days they had um, asylums where they put it, They put, even if you didn't have a mental illness, they put you in there. If you were a deviant, if you were an unwed mother, they just put every, every, everyone that society didn't yes. want, they put them. And I remember being a child fascinated. I was like, you know what, one day I'm going to free them. <laughs> I said, I'm going to let these people out. <laughs> and I was on a mission to do that. Um, but yeah, but but the point that you you raised was so um, poignant because you're, and even with your business, Aldrima, this is what you're, you're trend setting. You are, you are breaking generational, whatever you want to call them, curses, patterns, what yes. have you. And that's exactly what I'm trying to do. And whenever you try and... Um, step out uh, from those kind of traditions there, there's always a lot of resistance and what have you and I'm, I'm glad that you could find that um that understanding um with your mother because it's mm -hmm. so you say those you know when we know better we have to do better Absolutely. and um it, it's good but I, I also appreciate that not everyone can establish those those um kind of um boundaries with with their families and what have you and it's this, yeah, so it's, it's, as long as society will always tell you, you were mentioning before that, you know, your niece was helping. And actually, it's like, it's not, it's nobody's business. Why are they, why are they asking you why you not mind your business? <laughs> because, it, you, you know, you know what's best. And yeah. there, there's a reason for everything. Yeah. I, I never, I mean, even if you didn't have that good relationship, if, if you came to me or anyone said, 
well, I don't see my mom or I, I don't have contact with my father or, mm -hmm. you know, whatever. There's a reason. There's something. Absolutely. Whether your perception is wrong or not. If I yeah. tell you, oh, I'll dream, I'm, I'm, if I shame you into it, there, mm -hmm. it's not going to be um, a healthy outcome for, for anyone. You're just going to mm -hmm. hide your, your behavior. You're going to be sneaking around. So I, I, I so don't um, believe in that. Um, but we, we have to stop. Um, yeah, because even in the church, like I said, the, the scriptures that are used to get honor your mother and father. But what does that look like? Does that mean? I'm gonna continue to be abused. To submit right. to your husband, okay, so he can push me down the stairs. Right. Uh, you know what? What does it actually mean when we say these things? And let's not misinterpret the yeah. the meaning because we are not. Um, and there's there's abuse that goes on in the church as well. Yes, Spiritual, I'm not talking about general church hurt, right. Um, right. right? Where you know, like Sister Beverly took your pot and she right. didn't give it. I'm not talking, I'm right. talking about yeah. proper abuse where the, the yeah. pastor be using scriptures to try and sleep with you or yes. he's trying to get you all your money you know you know those yeah. ones and this is more prevalent and because as the scripture says you know my people perish for lack of knowledge yeah. so we we do need to be educated and i'm surprised um even when i go into churches and various places talking about this especially this uh, general issue about our well-being mm -hmm. people are still like oh what and I'm like D isn't this common knowledge you, you didn't know that you didn't know that this is wrong and yeah. this is <laughs> you know yeah. but that, they obviously don't so that is why people continue to act um, and, and just uh, a final thing that I'd say about that for those of us in business so mm -hmm. the when we think about our mental health and well-being and our spiritual well-being, the, it's the very traits we have, our dreamer. So some of us, not me, I'm not perfectionist. Well, <laughs> I'm of like, course. oh, that will do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But some of us are have traits like we are creatives. Yeah. We might be really passionate about stuff. We have great leadership skills. We're high yeah. achievers. And mm -hmm. it's those very skills that make us susceptible to poor mental health and well-being yeah. because you know when in the beginning stage you just start in the business and and we're living in a society anyway that promotes that hustle culture so mm. we um we feel the need we, we push ourselves and I'm, I'm not saying that's wrong there's a place for that but mm -hmm. not when you're compromising your own health when you are verging on burnout you know mm. as you know you cannot pour from an empty vessel Yes. So we have to be careful. And that's why I keep saying the, everything starts in the mind. We yeah. have to be aware of our, like you said, it's, it's a mindset thing. Um, mm -hmm. Your body actually will even tell you, give you a signal. When you're pushing yourself too hard or you, you know, your body's telling you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's yes. telling you. And if you can't function, how are you going to run a business if you if you laid up in bed? because you, you're severely depressed or your you're just body is fatigued. Yeah. And, and it didn't need to be that way because if you were more aware, you could have managed that. You could have managed the resources that you had. Yes. So that, that's all. It's just about awareness, really. Yeah. So you said that, so you, you speak at different churches and things like that too? Yeah, occasionally. Not okay. so they, <laughs> they, don't, they don't invite me back. <laughs> that was my but, next question. <laughs> No, just, I mean, not not on a, not necessarily on a professional, but just, um, you know, like when it's mental health awareness or or if they always get me, if there's someone who is, who they think is bizarre or deviant, it's like, oh, Maz, can you speak to them? I'm like, why why me? Why I got, gotta go and speak to them? Um, but yeah, and it's because people feel uncomfortable. Yeah. They feel 
it's still taboo and they're like oh gosh you know you know she's a bit oh so yeah all of that stuff goes on have you found that uh once since covid that this you know mental wellness mental well-being became a little bit more prevalent have you found that that to have been the case or or not i'll tell you the truth it's it's been happening for for decades and yeah. decades we're just taking notice now you know it's a trending yeah. topic you know we got we got people like prince harry today and it and it's almost become a badge of honor with some people you know some people want to want to come in, oh yeah you know so you hear people say i'm a bit bipolar i'm like no you're not stop saying that yeah <laughs> you know people people just because it's fashionable um but but for for many years we we've been struggling with when we think about during the war, our armed forces. Yeah. Um, how many of them came back? You, when yes. you go through certain types of trauma, yes. <laughs> and it's like, yes. what's that saying? What unresolved trauma? Yeah, what is not solved gets transferred. I, I've forgotten who says that, mm-hmm. but it's true, and it, it speaks to yeah. the generational patterns because we know that um, you know it's it's things like even me growing up in in the the Jamaican household. Even living out there in Jamaica as a child, it was very much um, a case of, and um, you know, um, children should be seen and not heard. Don't, yes. don't, just don't speak, don't cry, don't. I even got told, don't smile. If you smile, people will think you're weak. You know, all this kind mm-hmm. of nonsense and and money mm-hmm. mindset. We yeah. we don't talk about money. That money, I have no money. You you should have no money, and you shouldn't want nice things. Imagine. So it took me years to unlearn all the nonsense. <laughs> but wow. and and even now, some of those family members still. I'm like, are, are you, have you hurt yourself? Are you okay? That's right. ridiculous. Yeah. What you're saying is ridiculous. But wow. of course, like you said, Aldrima, at the time we don't know that. It's yeah. ju- it's just how we've been raised, and it's the environment we see people suffering, and we think, well, that's the path for me. Right. And I'm actually saying no. Right. <laughs> I say no, no more of that. Thank you very much. If I'm going to suffer, it's not going to be because of you, right? <laughs> or any other, other exactly this, this nonsense. Yeah, I'm going to suffer yeah. for, for something else, having a good time. Yeah. <laughs> but no. <laughs> uh, but in in answer to your question, it's come out more. So it's always been there. Um, and like you say, the 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 pandemic, what that did was just bring it to the surface yeah. it it made us rethink because even us in business um when our identity is attached to what we do you know when you go to a dinner party or something someone says oh what do you do yeah. we think that the thing we do is us and it's not um it's um you know you're not just a mother you're not just a business owner mm-hmm. you're not just any of these things so yeah. that is why the when we were locked down for all that time, we begin to question, you know, some of us were having existential crisis and we start to think, yes. who am I? What, what, oh my gosh, what, what have I got to show for my life? Yeah. And that's why you have this um, great resignation because people are rethinking yes. how they want to live their lives. And rightly so, we should. Mm-hmm. We should always take an audit of our yeah. lives and, and see, have, are, we, uh, are we keeping our goals? Do we have yeah. any goals? Yeah. <laughs> so that's what I saw. So people... People are still in denial, but people feel more free to talk about it now. And yeah. that's a good thing. Yeah, yeah. So that brings me, that's a good segue into my next question. What are, you, what are some things that people should do when, because, uh, you, you know, we've talked about the challenges and some of the, you know, things that, um, 
you know, the symptoms and, you know, all of that. So what are maybe like three things that when people find themselves in those type situations, what are some things that they can, they can do, um, you know, what are some things they can do about it? Bef if, I know one of the things they should do is come to you. Okay. Of <laughs> <laughs> but what are some things that, you know, what are some tips that you can provide for the listeners? Um, so, so there are a few, I mean, the first step to any, any issue that we're, we're going at, um, through is, is acknowledgement. Cause even before you can accept it, you have to acknowledge, I have a difficulty in this area. You know, it's those things that we, we don't tell anyone and we want to, especially as business owners. So, you know, you're an overachiever, mm -hmm. you know, you, there's certain things and that's great on the surface, but is that coming from a place of trauma? What was that about? Why, why you keep work until two in the morning what what are you avoiding something just just ask be curious it, it might be fine maybe maybe it's just what you do but ask yourself because you'll know in yourself when something is not right yeah and you'll know it usually before other people do but um so acknowledge it and and seek help and when i say seek help from not, not just um you have to go to the right places um you know and I know some people, there, there's some, on, you have to be careful with online stuff anyway, but whether yeah. you can't go to your pastor or you have a trusted um, family member, talk, talk, talk it through first. Yeah. Um, um, you might even just journal. Um, when, I, when I didn't have anybody to talk to, that's what I had to do. Um, and it's, it's refreshing to look back over the years. And I was like, gosh, did I say that? Did, is that how I was really feeling? But it's just <laughs> useful because what it does is provide a blueprint for the next time, because what's that saying? You're either in a crisis mm. or you're getting ready to go in a crisis right. or you're going through it. Yes. So it's going to always come around. You're never, mm -hmm. yeah, you have your, your times where you're up uh, on the roller coaster and it's like, yes, but be mindful that um, there will be some challenges. <laughs> yeah. And, and like I say, this, for those of us on the entrepreneurial journey is, is, and that's what it is. It's no one told me. I didn't know. I thought I'm, I was, I'm going crazy. The, <laughs> the, the highs and lows of emotion. Yeah. Like I say, the, the isolation, because not everybody understands your vision when you're trying mm. to birth this thing. Yeah. And then you're all alone with it. And you're, and then you start to think, is it, is it worth it? What, what am I doing here? You want to give up <laughs> every other day. So <laughs> you don't want to get out of bed. Um, but yeah, it's just having... And that leads me on to the second point, um, having that safe community. Yeah. You provide some of those um, spaces, Aldrima, yeah. which is excellent. Hence why, how long has it been? Nearly over three years anyway, yeah. I've been coming and I never, yeah. that's how I know God's working on me because I never, ever, ever <laughs> would go to something like that. Be like, oh, there's just a bunch of women. These women just chatting, just talking about no business. <laughs> Yeah. I've grown and I've yeah. learned so much from all of you. And you, I tell you the truth, you guys, especially you and Dorothy, have been the most support more than my own family. When I was announced to even my friends, I'm starting a business, they, they were like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, dismissive, but I have gained the more, more support, even more support than some of the people in my own church. And that to wow. me is amazing. Yeah. So divine connections, yeah a prayer by the way certain yeah. spiritual practices so I, I know not everybody um is uh, are people of faith um yeah. so you might whatever you do so i i pray uh, mm -hmm. if you can't pray be mindful <laughs> mindful mm -hmm. and um 
and you you just want to um, quiet yourself. You know, you know, like some people have CEO meetings with God. Yes, I think we should do that more regularly. Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, try and sometimes we have to just become, you know, we have to admit we I don't have all the answers and we just have to sit there and be yeah. still. Um, it's just like when you're in the shower sometimes or if you're walking in nature, sometimes mm-hmm. those answers will come to you because Absolutely. you're, you know, you're in a different space, a different yeah. headspace and, and you can think more clearly. So yeah. that's definitely what you should, um, some of the things you should do. And more importantly, thirdly, I'd say everything comes back to boundaries. Boundaries, yeah. boundaries, boundaries. You said before, Aldrima, that, you know, obviously when you were in that caregiving role, you didn't know. And I didn't know. None of us know. We weren't mm-hmm. taught. Mm-hmm. Very few of us, I think, were taught mm-hmm. about boundaries. We don't even know our boundaries have been violated until somebody crosses us. And then you think, I don't I don't like that. Or yeah. I don't like how you spoke to me. Because maybe, you know, growing up, you know, used to talk to you all ha- all kinds of mm-hmm. ways or mm-hmm. maybe phys- physical violence was acceptable or whatever mm-hmm. it was so that when you see these things it, you normalize them but it, it's not right so we need to know uh, first of all we need to know what our values are because they mm-hmm. are the driving forces for what we will and won't do Th- those op- though we those operate on a subconscious level so know what those are which will then help you determine what your boundaries are who who can you know even especially for business can people call you all hours of the night when, when do you accept clients when who can come to your home can they come right. anytime can people, you know just have those so if you know what those are you're less likely to be stressed out when people are making all kinds of demands because guaranteed as long as you're giving there'll always yeah. be someone who's taking so yes yeah there's yeah. many more but those are the main ones yeah 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 i love that so asking you know, being a part of a community, you know, prayer, get somewhere and be quiet, (laughs) you know, (laughs) yeah, yeah. Um, And, you know, learn how to establish, you know, good boundaries. And even if you don't, there's, there's resources out there, you know, Um, you know, and you and I both love, you know, the book um, uh, Boundaries, uh, I, was, yes. I can't remember the author. Henry right Cloud. Yes, Henry Cloud. Yes. I mean, great, great, you know, book. I mean, it set me free, you know, because I really had very poor boundaries. I thought that I had to be accessible to people and that, you know, that's where I, that's how, you know, I viewed myself as being value, you know, as value to other people, being accessible, you know, texting me, you know, anytime they felt like it, you know. Uh, but baby, when I became more aware of what that was doing to me, it was like, okay, no, 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 we're not doing that. So, yeah. So you came through and this is my last few questions and then we're going to jump off. I know you got things you want to do and, you know, go to the strip club and all that. No, I'm just (laughs) Don't tell them. (laughs) Can you imagine? Listen, what what kind of I love that by the way. You know I always say that in your group and I I know I, I, know I shouldn't people probably find it a bit crass. Uh and I'd be joking, I'm like, oh I'm gonna join OnlyFans, you know, because yes. these bills. Sometimes I say that in church and they look at they're like, oh Jezebel. <laughs> but I love it. I love that reaction because that yeah. lets me know a few things about you. But yeah, absolutely. It's, yeah, it's cool. Absolutely. <laughs> so I know that you uh you you come through, I can't remember which um decluttering challenge you joined i know it was one of them 
Um, and you have heard me talk about, you know, decluttering and things like that. So what is, what are, you know, some things that you were able to take away that you can, um, implement, you know, in your business or you, either you implemented it or you thought, okay, well, that's, that's, that's pretty good. What were some things that you took away when you came through the challenge? Oh, there's, there's a few, but just even, um, generally on a practical level, the you know you know when you organize your space even uh before i came on here and i'm thinking i'll dream that's not in your house why are you, why are you cleaning the house going over it more <laughs> but we know that the environment when we have that the a clear environment uh and what have you it it helps it helps my mind yeah. it helps me sleep better when when there isn't clutter and it's the same thing um yeah mentally because it, it, it our environment impacts upon that and um also learning to to delegate tasks um yeah. is, is something i'm getting better at that because just because you know as women sometimes we think oh if if you want a job doing get it done yourself but actually we we don't need to um micromanage people we don't need to uh you know let people give them some responsibility as well whether yeah. that's your your kids in your home or your staff um and what have you um and then the other thing in terms of like yeah just i i make a lot of like to-do lists and what have you it, it i like them and i i'm a pen and paper i don't like all this tech Digital and i know stuff, i need to be yeah. better with that yeah <laughs> i just i can see it there and i can feel it i like tangible things so mm -hmm. um that's helped me in terms of organizing my physical space but like i said aldrima it has an impact on mental clarity that yeah. it declutters my mind and yeah. therefore my overall well-being is is better so yeah. those were the main things that um i kind of took away awesome awesome yeah so i know you have a podcast tell us about your podcast okay well it's, it's of course not as good as yours but you know oh. uh, <laughs> <stop> <laughs> it. um but yeah essentially it's it's um, how long have I been running it? The last year, um, it's called Kintsugi Queen. So it's primarily for women. Um, and it's just really about self-development and what have you. We discuss topics like um, self-acceptance. There's a bits on business. Um, uh, just my, my own reflections, well-being, all of those kind of things, aspects of faith. Um, I mean, feel free to have a listen. But the, the concept... Um, of kintsugi just for those who is thinking why yeah it's a Japanese term and it's just basically about you know in the pottery you know if you if you have an object and it's broken they put it back together with a golden kind of um, substance so the the item um, becomes new it's repaired and its value is more than it originally was and that's just like us so for, for those of us women who feel like oh I've had a hard life and I've been broken and I've been down and out no you you can start a new chapter you can rewrite your story because you are still worthy and you're still valuable so that's mm. that's why it's called Kinsuki Queens yeah I love that I love that and we're definitely going to put all of that you know in the show notes what's the best what's the best way to reach you is it on the podcast or is your site what is it I would say the podcast because my website is under construction okay. but for those feel feel free to come on the podcast or I'm on LinkedIn Maz Alexander um, I don't so much use Facebook or Instagram, but if you, you know, it's Maz Transformational Coaching. If you did want to 
find me there. Yeah, so yeah. You. We'll definitely put the the links to that in the show notes. Well, Maz, I know I've been calling you Maz. I know it's Maz, but Maz sounds really cool. So, <laughs> and you and you've been okay with letting us call you Maz. <laughs> Tell me what you want. That's fine. Yeah, so, it's, it's, it's the ones in the south. They say it differently, and and I know like some of the like others, like some New, New Yorkers, they'll say it different. But I, I respond to most things. That's fine. The the topic itself cannot be covered in one podcast. So, <laughs> but uh, so I I may have to have you uh, back on for part two. Yeah, if you behave yourself, of course. Okay, yes. I'll I'll see. I'll try. <laughs> Well, again, thank you so much for being on the show. So those of you who are listening to this podcast, make sure that you connect with her. All of the information will be in the show notes. Um, Check out her uh, Maz's podcast, connect with her on LinkedIn, and uh, she's going to bless you for sure. So with that said, uh, we're going to... um, Say goodbye. Any last thoughts that you wanted to share, Maz, or or what? I, I just want to encourage everyone, please do not suffer in silence. Mm. Please do not, you know, talk to somebody. Um, you're not alone. That's yeah. it. Love it, love it, love it. Thank you so much. Start by listening and subscribing to the podcast. Simply go to organizedpreneurpodcast.com. And also check out the freebies available, including a free training at theorganizedpreneur.com. So you ready? Let's go.